Hello and welcome to another episode of Travel with a Chance of Murder, the travel and true crime podcast where we take you through the tips and tricks of visiting destinations around the globe and follow it up with a true crime tale to try and scare you away a little bit. I'm Cassidy and I'll be your spooktacular storyteller, the host that walks you through each city or country's terrifying tale of true crime. On the other end of the mic, we have Allie, our travel guru, who takes us off of the bean path and helps us explore things we've never heard of, but definitely need to experience. Hey, Allie. Hey, Cassidy. Where are we headed this week? We are going to Vietnam. It was your choice. So why don't you tell everyone why we picked Vietnam? Oh, that is a great question, Cassidy. Why did we pick Vietnam? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we did Thailand a couple weeks ago, and that one was really fun. I kind of wanted to go back to Southeast Asia, where, again, I was supposed to go, despite, but didn't get to go because of the pandemic, and so kind of wanted to hop into it and see what I was missing. That's fair. Yeah, I had a sense of, like, familiarity. I was like, I swear we did Vietnam, or I Mm -hmm. swear it came up in my notes, and I kept looking, and I didn't have anything, so I had to start from scratch. <laughs> bummer, yep, but. we did Thailand instead, but pretty excited to go through Vietnam. I'm going to go kind of north to south and work our way down the country. The first stop when you come into Vietnam would be my suggestion, at least, is Hanoi. Hanoi is the capital of Vietnam. It's in the north. It's pretty coastal. It's close to some beaches. But, you know, it is a big city, so there's a lot of buzz and atmosphere, but people say that it feels more personable than Ho Chi Minh, which is the other big city in the south, which we'll get to at the end. Hanoi has a lot of history. It's been around since the beginning of time, it almost feels like. (laughs) And it has had a bit of a tumultuous history. It's changed hands many times. It's been Vietnamese and Chinese and French during their imperialism. But those different rulers have each had their own hand in building the city into what it is today. Oh, another one where they've kind of battled it out for the city. Exactly. I think all great cities kind of have that. Good point. So in Hanoi, in the city's old quarter, uh, think narrow red-roofed houses, temples and pagodas, lots of street vendors, twisty streets, cheap food. It's a great place to spend the day to explore, kind of get lost and get lost in the culture of Vietnam. And also a great place to stay if you're traveling the country on a budget. A neat thing about the city's old quarter is the streets are still named after the goods and wares that were once crafted and traded there way back when. So for example, there's a street called Hang B Street, which is the street of the bamboo crafters. Hang Dao Street is the silk weaver street. Hang Tung Street is where barrels were made way back when. So kind of neat to have that history even just on the street signs. Down to the naming of everything. Yeah. Now, of course, in the old quarter, the bamboo crafters and the silk weavers and the barrel makers are all intertwined. And you can go through and get some wares, goodies to bring back home. And of course, delicious street food as any big city has. We'd be doing you a disservice if we didn't talk about food vendors. I know. We, exactly. You lucky people. It's pretty much a cooking podcast at this point. Or not even cooking, eating. <laughs> but today, 
I'm going to let you all do the discovery of delicious food on your own. You're welcome. Make sure you're not hungry this time. <laughs> I don't know. Usually I feel like I go into a whole tangent about all the food and then I'm oh, yeah? so hungry at the end. But today when we're recording, I've already had dinner and I'm full, so I don't want to talk about the food. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of good food think pho think noodles think beef think pork think peanuts think delicious smells wafting through your nostrils as you're walking down the hot twisty streets of the old quarter pretty good that definitely rivals the pancake stuff, <laughs> stuff with the syrup <laughs> another spot to visit when you're visiting hanoi is the ba din district and this is where the lai kings of the 11th century established their imperial city so you'll see um, a temple of literature and the one pillar pagoda, both dating from this time. But like I said, Hanoi changed hands many times. So while these temples were from the 11th century, the French came in in the late 19th century, so in the 1800s, and had an imperial rule over Vietnam. So you'll actually see a lot of French art architecture and even a French quarter in Hanoi and throughout Vietnam. Which kind of surprising. Yeah, no one, I don't know if anyone would have guessed that. You really right, don't know exactly. history to know that they were there. Right, exactly. And kind of remember that the French did have a, almost 100 years in the country where they were the rulers. And they built a lot of buildings and had their government there. So French administration was there as well. So exploring the Ba Din district and other places in Hanoi and throughout Vietnam, you'll probably stumble upon a lot of european feeling architecture which could be a strange juxtaposition when you're walking through the streets like coming out of the old quarter and then all of a sudden seeing some french imperialism architecture i wonder if people get confused when they're drinking they just like walk around <laughs> and they're like wait <laughs> I thought, wait hold on <laughs> wait am i in france <laughs> this feels wrong <laughs> oh maybe Another thing very true to the North is water puppets. So water puppet shows are very common throughout Vietnam, but are a traditional piece of Vietnamese culture, especially in the North. The shows are lighthearted and fun and consist of a dozen or so little scenes on themes like catching foxes and hanging out with ducks, boat racing and unicorns playing with a ball. So just kind of funny little themes very lighthearted, but entrancing to watch these water puppets and the puppeteers do their masterful work on the water. Okay, so that's what makes it like a water puppet is it's already like it's on a body of water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot of little streams and moats floating through the city and kind of all over Vietnam. And yeah, so they've had this tradition of doing puppet shows, but the puppets are on the water. That's really cool. Very unique. Yeah, very unique and fun. After Hanoi, we'll head to Ha Long Bay, which if you know anything about Vietnam or have ever really seen a picture of Vietnam, you'll probably have seen the north. So Ha Long Bay is right on the coast. It is this dramatic beach with these huge limestone rocks jutting out of it. There's about 2,000 of them. So there's all these big, I mean, they're not just rocks, they're little islands in the whole bay. Very picturesque. And they jut straight out of, out of the water and they make these little forested islands. And so going to Halong Bay, it's kind of a party city. It's definitely got a great hostel vibe there. So if you're looking to go where the young backpackers are, this is a great spot for that. But it's also a great spot just in its natural beauty. 
I would recommend spending at least two days, if not four days, if you have the time in Halong Bay, because one, you get the water and it's beautiful and you can kind of relax and you can party if that's what you want to do. But what is super special about it is you can go to Halong Bay and rent a boat or like rent a guide and do, and it's pretty affordable and do a two or three day tour and be able to actually stay out on one of the boats in the bay overnight, which I've heard is just a incredibly magical, gorgeous experience with the turquoise, turquoise waters all around you and these big limestone rocks with the beautiful forests on them jutting out of the water. I mean, just feels magical. Yeah, just cool to get a different perspective or like angle, I think, too, than just looking from the beach. Exactly. Yeah. And when you hire these guides, they're local guides, so they can take you to caves and swimming holes and special islands. You can swim again and kayak around the bay and kind of just a glorious experience. Another thing that you'll probably have seen in pictures about Vietnam or what you may think of when you think of Vietnam is the rice paddies and the beautiful big mountains. So Staying in the north, Sa Pa is another great spot if you want to explore the mountains and kind of get into the more rural areas of the country. Sa Pa is where you'll find the terraced rice fields in the steep valleys with mountains all around. So think very green, but also kind of chilly, which is different than the rest of Vietnam. It's a pretty warm uh, climate, but in Sa Pa, you go up into the mountains and kind of get a taste of something different than when you're in Halong Bay at the beach. It's up near the border with China, but it's also up in the mountains. Phan Sipan, that kind of sounds funny. (laughs) I'm not saying it right, but it sounds like fancy pants. It sounds like fancy pants. Phan Sipan is located here and it's Vietnam's highest mountain. So lots of good hiking to be done up here and good trekking. Moving down towards the middle of the country, The next place that I'd recommend visiting is Hue. Hue is an imperial city. It is on the coast, but the reason why people come to this city is to see the forbidden purple city and the imperial tombs here. Uh, This was back when, before the French, way back when, um, when the Vietnamese still ruled their country. There's a lot of temples. You You can take a boat trip along the Perfume River and visit the pagoda and the temples in the imperial city. The imperial city, which is also called the Forbidden Purple City, not really sure why their names are different, but (laughs) it wasn't very purple in the pictures. But um, while not a lot of it is still standing, like the imperial tombs are a little bit more impressive, the things that are still standing and have been restored to their original glory are, are gorgeous temples. So you'll be able to walk through, get a history of this city, and really bring you back into ancient times. Cool, too. Did you see how different countries vary so drastically with their temples? With one castle or one temple is so different one area to the next? Absolutely. And the city, too, was built for the kings, so it's very grand. Um, There's a lot of moats and military bases surrounding the area, so it was definitely built as a fortress at the time, and it's still very grand to see today. Oh, if it was for the king, I'm sure no expense was spared. Exactly. The last spot on your must-see for Vietnam is, of course, Ho Chi Minh City. Ho Chi Minh City is in the south of Vietnam. It was originally called Saigon, which you may have heard before, but it was renamed after the Vietnam War to 
honor the fallen communist leader, Ho Chi Minh, when the North took the South after the American troops left in 1973. So it took the city a couple of decades, probably until the 80s or 90s, to really resurge after the war. But nowadays, Ho Chi Minh is the biggest city in Vietnam, and it's the most visited for any tourist destination in Vietnam. My, the times have changed. Yes. <laughs> Ho Chi Minh, just like Hanoi, you can see the different cultures that have ruled in Vietnam. So French architecture is pretty much everywhere. They even have a Notre Dame cathedral in Ho Chi Minh. Ah, oh, that's special. Yeah. So you definitely can feel the kind of wealth of the European imperialists who were living there from the 1800s until about the 1950s feels very European and Ho Chi Minh but at the same time you have the Jade Emperor Pagoda and different um, Buddhist temples like the Quan Am Pagoda. The city also has a Chinatown called Cho Lon which as I said also the Chinese did rule Vietnam at one point too and you can also sample street food at the Benton Market and stroll along the pedestrianized street called Win Hui. It's definitely a bustling metropolis. There's lots of cars, lots of motorbikes, kind of crazy. I would recommend putting this either at the beginning or the end of your trip. It's not really a relaxing destination, but definitely great for the history and for the culture as well in Vietnam. Yeah, I feel like I'd be so scared to cross the road. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the one rule that everyone tells me about Southeast Asia is no matter what, don't rent one of the motorbikes because it's just so scary to be on the traffic. Yeah. What are the little, where the guy drives you and you ride in the back? Oh, the tuk-tuks? Yeah, tuk-tuks are all you need. Those are scary enough. Those are scary in themselves, but I feel like I'd be okay with one of those because someone who lives there is at least driving it. Yep. So in summary, Vietnam is a great place you can go. If you have a lot of time, I would recommend going slow and making your way either down the country or up the country. The train lines are pretty reliable and there's lots of great little cities to see on the way, both rural and metropolitan like Ho Chi Minh and Hanoi. Yeah, I definitely love that this country has such a variety of like paces of life. Mm -hmm, definitely. And you'll have good food everywhere. As long as you like pho, you will always have something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cassidy, what do we got going today? This week was a hard one. I tried to find a good story, but I was kind of in a bit of a time crunch because I was away all weekend. So here I am. I found something about sisters, which actually is kind of fun and exciting just because I am coming back from a sister weekend. So I'm covering the Trong sisters this week, and they are very popular, very important people in Vietnam history. So It'll be more of a history lesson, history take today, but uh, it's a good story. Let's get into it. I'm excited. Maybe you've heard, Allie, of a little story called Mulan. Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard of that once or twice. <laughs> so, Disney, right? <laughs> yeah, Disney made the story of Mulan, and Vietnam has the Trong sisters, which have a very similar, I don't want to say like origin to Mulan, because they do have their strong differences, but... They have lots of parallels, I think. So the Trung sisters are Vietnam sisters who ruled the military for three years and led rebellions against the Chinese domination of Vietnam. 
They're regarded by lots of people as, as national heroes, and they saved Vietnam at a time where the country was very vulnerable. Cassidy, I'm loving the amount of like ladies we've been doing lately. Yeah. It's of, just kind of fun. Lots of girl killers out there as well, but this one is like... <laughs> This story is a good girl power one. Like, you'll leave today feeling very empowered, I think. Oh, awesome. I'm ready. <laughs> so the Trungs were responsible for basically just helping kick the Chinese out of power for a little bit. The older sister is Trung Tra, and the younger sister is Trung Nai. The Trung sisters were born sometime around the year 12 AD, and they were born to, to a powerful lord in the province of Jiao Chai, which is in northern Vietnam. And they came, like I said, from a very powerful guy. So they were part of a very prominent family and basically just thought of to be a big deal. So their dad, being a really strong, powerful lord, also was very well known for his military aspect and his knowledge of military. So he actually trained the sisters in martial arts as they grew up. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so they grew up educated and they grew up with this, like, strong strategic background of how to kick people's butt. (laughs) They were fortunate enough to grow up with lots of freedoms and liberties that other women didn't have. So they were set to actually inherit the property that belonged to their parents. And they had the freedom to choose their path. So they could have been traitors. They could have been political leaders. They could have been judges or warriors. But... The story that I will lay out is what ended up happening to them. So a neighborhood official came to visit the province and with the neighborhood official came his son and we love some good romance. (laughs) So the son was named Ty Satch. He met the older Trung sister and it was love at first sight. So they fell in love. Super (laughs) cute. So they fell in love. They get married and History actually has a very positive representation of the husband. So Ty Satch is noted to be like a very brave guy. He was fearless and he seemed to be a perfect match for the older Trung sister. Apparently in the village, their union symbolized hope because the couple both were from military families. So it gave them a sense of like, yeah, we have the power to revolt. That's I kind of like that. They're both very powerful people. Oh, power couple. Maybe this is the first power couple. It could be. And I really like that they weren't like forced upon each other. They kind of just found each other on their own. Yeah, I agree. I think that these two girls had very strong parents to be able, especially in that time, to give their daughters like the freedom to do literally have, you know, whatever they want and have this modern life. Yeah, they would have been thought of as the crazy parents. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm sure everyone was like, what are you doing with your girls? So this time in history, the Vietnamese are under the rule of the Chinese by the specific ruler, To Dion, who made life really harsh for everyone. And so the older Trunk sister's husband decided that he needed to be vocal and start to step up and talk about the Chinese rule and why they shouldn't be in charge of the Vietnamese people. So he made a very big protest about the increasing tax rates. And because he was becoming such a big vocal leader in the community, he began to gain lots of enemies. And of course, with lots of enemies, lots of public attention on him, the Chinese are forced to eventually execute him because he's just Mm. growing too much of a threat to the ruling party. 
So they execute her husband and it's served as a warning to anyone who's going to threaten the rule. And this leaves a very big turning point for the Trung sisters. Of course, with your husband getting executed, you're now a widow. It's really emotional. It's a really turning time. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't go down the Olga path. No Olga of Kiev stuff here where she goes down. Ah, <laughs> oh, bummer. I liked her. <laughs> no major re- revenge. But she decides that she is going to fight back and do something to honor her husband's death. So it's now 39 AD and she convinces Vietnamese lords to rebel against the Chinese. But of course, if she's going to put this plan in action, she needs her younger sister. So the two Trunk sisters join together and they use their bravery and ability to lead the Vietnamese people against the Chinese. They have lots of heroic ventures. I don't have time to go into all of them, but their most (laughs) prominent, exciting adventure includes them slaying a people-eating tiger. What? And then they use the inside of the tiger's skin to write a promise to the people of Vietnam and urge the people of Vietnam to basically take up their swords and fight against the Chinese people. Man, these girls are hardcore. Yeah, I I look at tigers in like the circus and I get scared. Yeah, well, seriously, anyone would. <laughs> so the Chunk sisters gain confidence and they have the people beginning to trust them. And before they know it, they actually gain 80,000 people and build their own army with 80,000 people behind them. No way. That honestly seems like so many people for that time even. Yeah. Like, were there even 80,000 people alive? (laughs) That's a great question. Apparently. I think what's even more impressive is that, get ready for your girl power boost, Um, from the number of 80,000 people, they use 36 of them to be generals, and they're all women. So they pick 36 women, including their elderly mother, are generals of this giant army that they have formed. That's awesome. This is so awesome. Yeah, so they use like their knowledge and experience of warfare to guide these young, unskilled women to training so that they can become the generals that they need. And in 40 AD, they're able to overtake 65 citadels from Chinese control. So they take 65 citadels, they're riding into battle on the backs of elephants, which I think is, I don't know, my mind goes to like The Hobbit (laughs) or those like very fantasy, there's like some fantasy, I don't know, maybe it's not The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings, sorry, where they're riding into battle on the backs of like these giant animals, but it actually happened. Yeah, I believe it. So the older sister is the one who's good at politics and leadership. And then the younger sister is the really strong military leader. So the older sister goes ahead and becomes the ruler of Vietnam because they've overthrown 65 citadels of the Chinese and kicked them out. And then the older sister uses the younger sister to be the co-regent and top advisor. So she goes ahead and establishes a royal court and restores Vietnam back to the traditional ways. She ends all the taxes to China and distributes the treasury back to the lords who are in the region and attempts to basically set up a feudal political system, which is what they would have had before the Chinese came in. And for three years, they're able to kind of have peace and rule Vietnam the way the Vietnamese people wanted. But then the Chinese come creeping back. Mm. So after having some successful peaceful years the Chinese 
come back into the Red River Delta area. And unfortunately, when the Chinese emperor sends the army to reconquer Vietnam, they are worn down by the Chinese superior military and financial superiority and are forced to succumb Vietnam back to the Chinese. The Trongs fight their last battle near modern-day Hanoi in 43 AD, and thousands of Vietnam soldiers are captured and beheaded, and more than 10,000 surrender. Oh, man, that's too bad. Yeah, it's a sad end to a very beautiful thing. But they were doing so well. They were doing great. So it's unfortunate. But what's left of the Trung sisters? That's the question. (laughs) According to Chinese history and Vietnam history, the stories vary quite a bit. According to Chinese history, the Trung sisters are executed. But according to Vietnamese history, they commit suicide, which apparently is like the warrior way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, They choose to drown in a river to maintain their honor. But there's also a story that circulates, of course, that they disappear off into the clouds. Oh, I like that one the best. (laughs) (laughs) But contemporary Vietnam hasn't forgotten the sacrifice that the Trung sisters made and actually have a natural holiday every February in their honor. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, they recognize them in a national holiday called Hai Ba Trung Day. Oh, loosely how sweet. <laughs> They're thought of like to be this national symbol of Vietnam. They represent the country's independence. And they're kind of thought of to be these symbols of resistance and freedom. They're often shown riding two giant elephants. So like when you see two women riding giant elephants in Vietnamese, like symbolism or paintings or just sculptures, that's most likely the Trong sisters. What a great story. I really like them. Yeah, it's a great Um, representation of just what bravery and courage can do when you have like some knowledge when you can pour into others and get people to buy in on what you're doing can change the world absolutely you can change the world and I especially love that they're sisters I don't know I just think that that is really special especially for that time yeah definitely but that's the story of the trunk sisters it's pretty short short and sweet and to the point (laughs) some murder but not too much murder necessary murder it's war there's always yeah some some unfortunate murder yeah i thought that was great i think that just shows what a peaceful and strong and determined country vietnam is yeah it was cool one of the sources talked about how the leader of the chinese had like cut his hair and like fleed north because he was nervous about the trunk sisters coming that's awesome (laughs) that's so awesome i love that well thanks for tuning in to another episode of travel with a chance of murder this was our episode on vietnam and we're excited to have you next week with wherever else we go in the world we'll see you at our next destination bye bye on behalf of the flight crew thank you for flying with us and have a pleasant day